Amen. All right. Who is ready for the word? Amen. God is so good. He is so good. I am going to, uh, if you ever heard this phrase before, if you've ever heard this phrase before, you know what I'm talking about. But have you ever been to a place where they say you're drinking from a fire hydrant? You know what I mean? Like it is. It's not a garden hose. It's a fire hydrant. It's just coming out heavy. It's coming out strong. And so I'm going to let you know that in this season, God is saying, uh, for those who are thirsty, I'm giving you a fire hose. (laughs) I'm going to give you so much that you got to breathe my breath. Come on, you got to actually take in the Holy Spirit to be able to comprehend what's going on. And so the reason why I say this is because what I'm going to share with you you have to listen to it again, now, just because of my Jamaican-Canadian accent, but because it's revelation that's being dropped into your spirit. And so I'm, I'm encouraging, not because I want you to hear my voice throughout the night. It's kind of creepy. But what I want you to be able to do is to hear the voice of the Lord throughout your night. <laughs> and so I want you to be able to distinguish between the person and the prophetic word coming from that person, okay? And so this message really is, is timely. And so I'm going to give you, and for those who have been laboring with us and running with us and journeying with us, you may say, here he goes again. Um, say, I'm thanking God he's going over it again because I don't want to miss what God is doing. God is literally setting up this ministry for a move that we have yet to, to experience. He is, he, is, he is setting us up for a move of which we have yet to even phantom. And so it requires us to steward what God is doing. And so part of that is to be able to just stay in what God is doing. And so we've been looking at the five ways that the church is an essential service. And I began the first one by saying you must be full of the Spirit's presence. That's salvation. And you also must be full of the Spirit's power. That is your ability to be a witness. That's your ability to break down certain strongholds in your life. Uh, There are people who will make it to heaven, but will struggle as if this is hell. Because they know that their salvation has been secured in their belief in Christ, but they've never been told about the Spirit's power to break things in their life while on earth. And so if you're going to know and believe that the church is an essential service, God is actually saying, I've given you both. What a generous God we serve. Didn't just die for us and say, okay, my work is done. He realized that in between his kingdom come and let it be on earth as it is in heaven, he knows that there will be battles and struggles that he designed, that he designed. And so if you ever really look at the sovereignty of God, we have, we have, we have literally um, um, kept back probably the best kept secret about God is his sovereignty. Is that the peace that you and I can, can really rest in is in the sovereignty of God. And the reason why we don't truly embrace the sovereignty of God is because we don't know God. So we think God's a schizophrenic. That he'll just do one thing this way and then flip it on you and do this another way. And so we don't know which God we're going to get. And so as a result of that, we never truly embrace the fullness of God. And so part of that is to understand that, that when God decrees a thing, he's already, he's already established it. 
when God decrees a thing, he's already established it. So when God said, this is my church that I'm building, he's already seen the finished work of a church without spots, without wrinkle, without blemish. You must understand that. So you're stepping into something God's already designed for you. You can relax in revelation, though. Because if you don't relax in revelation, you will try to work your way in it, and you're tired to work your way out of it. And so if you worked your way into what God's already given you, you don't have the strength to take things that God says you can possess. Because we're exhausted just to come into his grace. And so I want to encourage you that, that when he established the church, he said that the church is not only established, but the church is essential. Because God knew in his sovereignty the precise time of which we're living in. Please don't think God is caught off guard. Come on, come on. Don't think that God is saying, oh, didn't see that one coming. That God knows exactly where you're hurting. God knows exactly what you're feeling. God knows exactly, ready for this? This is scary, what you're thinking. He knows exactly in this precise second what you're thinking right now. And no matter how we try to hide it, God is saying, I know about it. And so when he talks about the church being an essential, uh, an essential service, then when he's talking about that, he's saying, because I've given you the ability as the church to feel what people feel. And I've given you the ability to see what people see. And I've given you the ability to think what people are thinking. And so the reason for this it's not because of some magic. It's not because of some, some potion. He's literally saying that Jesus, who experienced, come on, everything we experience, who understands and sympathizes with our infirmities, that Jesus knows exactly what's going on. And so if we become the body of Christ then, shouldn't it be that we then can do what Jesus did? So then obviously, Jesus must be the one we look to then. Because we all have different experiences, we all have different things, we all have different outcomes, but only Jesus can come into the midst of things and be able to say, feel what they feel. Hurt with what they hurt. Come on. See things from that perspective without giving up your conviction. No, 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 no. no. Without giving up your conviction, we can still be compassionate without giving up our conviction. Ooh, thank you, Holy Ghost. They're listening. And so people are looking, give me a place, or more importantly, give me a people that knows what in the world is going on. And so here he's saying that the church is, is this. And, and so when we, when we look at this, we, we, we saw that, 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 that the people are, are spirit-filled and they're full of the Spirit's power. And so the next thing we looked at was this then. Because of that, then our message must be clear and consistent. If we're going to be an attraction to people, not entertainment to people, right? If we're going to be attractive to people who are hurting, who needs help, who needs to know what in the world is going on, our message then must be clear and consistent. Why? So they can trust our character. Listen, it takes years to build trust. But it could be lost in a matter of seconds based on one word we say. I don't know about you, but man, 
Be married and you'll experience that for sure. It takes years to build trust, to let down your guard. It takes, it takes years. Let me go deeper. It takes an act of God to let down your guard. Once you've walked in a certain experience and you've felt a certain pain and, and you've experienced a certain hurt, a certain misunderstanding, a, a certain thing that has happened, it takes an act of God to step back into that thing again. To truly love, to truly love deeply is an act of grace. Because here God creates humanity and pours his love into them. And then humanity walks away from that. And yet God says, I'm still going to love. Good God Almighty. The one who knew no sin, the, the, the one who is perfect in all his way. The, the one who speaks things into existence. Here is God, the one everybody heard and yet he still said, let me love. So therefore, trust is a vital thing. And so here we now are at this place of where, of, of where God wants us to understand all of this and that's why as we are laboring into, to, we want to be clear and consistent with our message that he's saying, I want you before you speak. He said, I, 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 want, I want your words to have substance. If you just want to make noise, go ahead and speak. But if you want to have substance that penetrates, come on, and moves into an area of thy kingdom come, God is saying that you have to know when to speak up. So, so he breaks it now because, because in Malachi and Matthew, there was a period of silence. That, that in between the Malachi where he says he's going to cause the father's heart to be with the children and the children to be with the fathers. And when he talks about one like John the Baptist is going to come, we know our scripture. In between Matthew and Malachi, there was silence. There was, there was darkness, but there were activity in the midst of all that. That the theologians have looked into historical facts to try to fill in the gap. And as they look at it, we see, we, we, we see the zealots. These were people who, who, who were bringing a message from Malachi into Matthew. Because it seems it was just an abrupt end. And then now there's a beginning. And so in the midst of all this activity, we see things rise up that had no substance to continue on. And so when they were trying to stop the church from moving in the book of Acts, they gave a history lesson of the in-between Malachi and Matthew. They said, we've other people who spoke up, and guess what happened? It, it collapsed. And we had other people who came and, and, and came and said, we're going to do this, and it didn't work. But he said, if this be of God, ooh, good God. if this be of God, you are fighting against God. God himself. And I don't know about you, but I don't know anybody that has won a match when it comes to fighting against God. And the one with the audacity to even challenge him with just a, 
not even a sweat, just a very, and he was gone. So therefore, we then can understand that God knows exactly when to speak up. So before we speak, God is saying, church, you are, you, you, you are in this earth. And there are people that are wanting to trust. And so therefore, every word that comes out of your mouth has to be seasoned with salt and full of grace. Because if you're speaking my word, it won't return void, but it will accomplish this what I've sent it for to do. So if you want to waste your word, go ahead. But my word won't return void. It'll accomplish exactly what I've sent it for to do. And so that ought to make you excited because here it is. Here it is. You see, before, write this down, before God gives you something to say for him, I'll wait till you write that down. Before God gives you something to say for him, he first wants to see if you will stay with him. He says, before God gives you something to say for him, he wants to make sure that you will stay with him. He wants you, ready, to know the difference. And in knowing the difference, you will be able to say this, ready, because one speaks of you being an instrument, the other speaks of you being intimate. And when you're intimate, it speaks of trust. And so he's saying this, he's saying, listen, that there's so much things I want to say to you. Even Jesus said that the things I want to share with you, but you're not ready to hear it right now. You're not ready to receive it right now. What you need is the power of the Holy Spirit to come inside of you. And that didn't happen until Jesus Christ died, was buried, resurrected, and the Holy Spirit was sent. So now that we have the Holy Spirit, because there's Old Testament prophets who are saying, Matt, if I had what you had. If I had the ability to access God like you have, oh my goodness, things would have totally turned out different. So he said, he said, I'm giving you stuff to say. Of course I am. That God has said, I'm giving you stuff to say. But he wants to know, will you stay with him? And so this is, this is connecting Wednesday's message because he says, I want you to know if you will stay holy. Because God can give you a revelation, you all of a sudden get prideful. Ooh, look what I got. And so he's saying, will you stay holy? He's saying, will you stay healed? Will, will, will what I'm doing, will it cause you now to, to love the thing I gave you more than the person who gave it to you? And, 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 so, and so what he's doing, he, he, he wants to build that credibility. Why? Because you have something to say. We must speak to what's going on. We must speak to injustice. We must speak to this nation who needs to be healed. Church, we can't stay silent. We have to speak. Of course we do. We have an answer. How can you have an answer and not speak? Well, we must speak. And so part of speaking is that we know when to speak up, though. We know when to speak up. Because when we say something, we don't want God to leave us. No, no, no. We want to be able to say we can say something and God stay with us. Why? Because it's his word. It's his word. And so do you want to be an instrument or do you want to be intimate? Because intimacy is trust. Come on, you know. 
You know that ultimate intimate place is when you're married and, and you're naked and not ashamed. Come on, that's trust. You trust that at an altar, the words were spoken, that you're the only one. And so all of a sudden now, you, you show those areas that were covered up in the dating process. But now you move into a covenantal place. I'm getting ahead of myself, but stay with me. Now you move from a contract, come on, to a covenant. And so therefore, you now are revealing things. And so the fear comes, will you speak up about my flaws? And so there's an element of trust, of trust. And so we have to know the difference. Someone say the difference. Between being an instrument and intimate. Okay, so, so we, we got to get that settled because, because we got to know when, when to speak up. So, so if you're going to speak up, make sure that you're intimate with the Lord. And then you use it as an instrument, a voice, of reason. The second thing we have to know the difference is this. Are we a follower of the crowd or are we followers of Christ? You see what I'm saying? Because you can have 1.2 million followers... And not be a follower of Christ. And so it doesn't matter what is popular. What matters is what is powerful. True power. Not artificial manufactured power. Not power that the enemy gives. Because it says when he was tempted. Jesus was tempted by the devil. Come on in Matthew chapter 3. He goes and he says now I can give you all the kingdoms of the world. So there's power that exists. That without knowing purpose, you'll abuse it. If you don't know the power of something, you will abuse it all the time. And so he's saying, listen, if you have a massive amount of people who are following you, that's called influence. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you got that influence through power. You could have got that influence through manipulation. And so we have to know this between a follower of the crowd or a follower of Christ. Because here's the deal. If we don't know this, what will happen is this. Is that when we speak up, we can make a mistake with our mouth. The mouth is so powerful that we can make a mistake with our mouth. Let me quote, and this is such a great, great quote. And it says this. It says, I made more mistakes than I care to remember. The mistake of the mouth. I've spoken out of haste or emotion or misunderstanding and caused unintended consequences for others. In so doing, I damage my own ability to speak into their lives because of the mistake of the mouth. But my biggest regret may be having not spoken up when I should have or have spoken up when I shouldn't have. And here is it right here. Here it is. And not knowing the difference with God Almighty. I got something to say. I don't know when to say it. I don't know how to say it. But I do have something to say. And I don't know the difference. And so what we find now is because there's a mixture of the mistake of the mouth, the world has no idea what the difference is between the followers of the crowd and followers of Christ. And so they're hurt. And so there's pain. And so there's frustration. Why? They don't know the difference. And so therefore, because I can't contain the pain, I'm going to speak out. And so now we don't know the difference between anger and frustration. And we must know the difference, the mistake of the mouth. And And so therefore, what we tend to do is we tend to speak to the obvious and we miss the open opportunities. 
We tend to look at the obvious that's in front of us as opposed to looking at the open opportunities. And so the obvious is really something that is easily perceived or understood. It is clear. It is self-evident. It is apparent. Come on. you got to take the blindfolds off. you got to see what's going on. And at the same time, you got to take your head buried in the sand and you got to lift it up. And so the reason for that is because it's obvious. God has put things obviously right in front of us. And if we don't speak to those things, we will never be able for people to know the difference. Are you with me, somebody? This is good stuff. I'm going to listen to this thing again. Good God Almighty. So, 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 so the obvious we see is, is the march and the movement. That's the obvious. Um, and so if you look at the obvious, you are looking at, ready for this? This is so cool. Your constitutional rights. And we all got them. There's in many marches, many movements. There was a Jesus movement. Come on. So the obvious, whenever you see something that doesn't sit right with you and you find other people say it doesn't sit right with you because you have the constitutional right, you go ahead and you open your mouth. That is the Constitution. And by the way, I had to study to get my green card. Come on. I had to learn. I'm like, my goodness, y'all don't know your benefits. Good God Almighty. That folks will climb over mountains, go through valleys, go over water just to get to put their foot on this. This idea. But when God called me, he didn't call me to an idea, good God Almighty. He called me to a land, good God Almighty. And when you understand the difference between an idea and a land, good God Almighty, you embrace your constitutional rights. And we have people battling ideas while the enemy is taking land. Because the mistake of the mouth. And we don't recognize what God is doing in these last days. Good God Almighty. To interrupt my life. I will not risk it for an idea. Are you out of your mind? It's because of a land. We know that because he told them. I'm bringing it to a promise. And not an idea. So therefore, we know the obvious. And so, and so that's what it is. And so when you look at it, when you look at it, take the blindfold off so you can actually see what they're saying. And take your head out of the sand so you can hear what they're saying. Come on. And if we want to speak and have substance, we have to be able to say every word that comes out of our mouth, I see what you're saying, and also I hear what you're saying. Because when you combine those two, you now step into an open opportunity to speak up. Because you've won credibility and trust with your audience. And so an open opportunity is where you allow access to one's heart and mind in order to, ready for this, discern and make sound judgment. 
It's the essence of obedience, expressing one's desire to glorify God with appropriate action in every season and circumstances. So let me now mention to you now what an open opportunity looks like. I gave you the obvious. It was a march and a movement. But here is when God comes in now and he says, because you took the blindfold off, because the Bible says the blind will lead the blind and they both fall into the ditch. So you don't want that. And also the people with their head in the sand come out of the religious people who just want to ignore what's going on. He says, get your head out of the sand and take the blindfold off and see the open opportunity right in front of you to lead. That we must lead. Yes, we must lead. The church must lead. And so an open opportunity, ready for this, is when God says now, don't miss the moment because of your motives. God says, don't miss the moment, the moment, because of the motive. He's saying, listen, when your motive is to be intimate with Christ, you then will see a moment, no matter what it is. Can I preach this thing like I feel it in my mind? Now you recognize Romans 8.28, the go-to scripture for open opportunity. Now you go to Romans 8.28. Yes, I got scripture for this. You go to Romans 8.28. All things work together for good. To those who love the Lord, to those who are called according to what? His purpose. Good God Almighty. So an open opportunity of God to give you purpose. Why? Because you got power to make a change. If you want to make a change, God says, I'm not going to give you an open opportunity. Why? Because the obvious may cause you to not speak up. So he says, this is what we need to take a look at. It's an open opportunity. An open opportunity to bring the gospel message, to bring a message of salvation, to bring a message that Jesus saves. Come on, to bring a message that he's the healer, to bring a message that he's the hope, to bring a message that he's the only way, the truth and the life, to bring a message that, that, that causes there to be reconciliation. I'm excited about this because there was a time I was separated from Christ, but no longer am I separated from Christ. That now I belong to the body of Christ. Come on. And I got a new family. Come on. I got people who loves me, who believe. Even me, I got people from all nationalities, from all ethnicities. We got people who are coming together saying, we won't miss this moment. We, we, we won't miss this moment to show the world what it's like to know truth and truth which will set you free. You see? See, here's how it works. Yesterday, yesterday we, we celebrate the home going of, of Wendy. And, and so we, we came back here, and and as we were fellowshipping, as we were we were talking, I was I was taking out the trash, I was doing my thing, and there was there's some people that met me in the back, and they were like, I I really like this building, I like I like the way I like the way it's laid out, and I said I said okay, and he says we we also are believing for a store storefront as well that 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 they have a vision of 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 the city. Um, they want to build a downtown, and where we are is right in the center of it. And I'm like, why are you telling me this? I'm, I'm, I'm taking out the trash. That was the obvious. You were at a funeral. But God says, don't miss the moment, Ro. Oh, my goodness. This is so good. It's so good. And so as they were sharing, I now was seeing what they were saying. And so I came now, and I said, oh, my goodness, can I pray that, that, that city council and that people start, start saying, hey, you get a seat at the table. 
And that you can now establish in the midst of this city. Come on. There is the church right there in the midst of the city who can declare an economic growth, who can declare business that can prosper, who can pray, God, do your thing, do your thing, and have credibility to make decisions. So I prayed. I prayed. And it was finished. And then they all of a sudden turned back and says, can I pray for you? And then they went to prophesying over me. God, I pray they would, he would raise up men who fathers. That he, that he, would, that he would have the boldness. And, and they were praying that God prosper this place. At the obvious funeral service. In a place of where we're seeing a separation and hearts are heavy. God is saying, keep your eyes and ears Open because in the midst of all the activity, I am speaking because, Ro, you are the church and you've got something to say. You call those things that be not as though they are. That's Bible. That's Bible. And so the reason why we limit is because though we know our constitutional right, we don't know our covenant blessing. Write that down. Because we so focus on our constitutional right, which is simply a form of government, we fail to recognize our covenantal blessing, which is the government. Oh God. And so therefore, as we look and we navigate in between these two things, we must recognize now that some people only have access to this. They're called unbelievers. And so the reason why we treat them with respect and we do everything is because they're made in the image of God. But we have something to say. We can't leave them there. We've got to now tell them there's a covenantal blessing. Come on. That is part of the moment. It is part of the motive. It is part of the Messiah's Messiah's message is that there is a covenantal blessing that it's available to break down every single barrier, to break down every single wall. It is about the covenantal blessing. I'm here to tell you, if you don't know about your covenantal blessing, I want to encourage you right now to seek the face of the father and to realize you have access to resources that you have never tapped in before part of that covenantal blessing is speaking in tongues come on with the power of the holy ghost part of that covenantal blessing is to prophesy the blood of jesus part of that covenantal blessing is to prophesy to people's life part of that covenantal blessing is to operate by the spirit of god is there anybody here that knows what it's like to be in the covenant of god and you're not ashamed to magnify and give God praise. You ought to stand to your feet and thank God for the covenantal blessing of God. Come on. Come on, I got a few more minutes left. Thank God for the covenantal blessing. Come on, he is the way maker. He is the promise keeper. That is the God that I serve. That's the God that I serve. Good God Almighty. That's the God that we serve. I will miss this moment, will you? I will not miss a moment to be a representative, to be an ambassador for Christ. No, baby, because when sin abounds, grace abounds even more. And so when we see the devil is busy at work, God is saying, I'm setting things up. Come on, for the ultimate destruction of the devil and his demons and his plans. Know the difference.
So the wisdom writer of Ecclesiastic says, in Ecclesiastics 3, verse 7, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak. Now, please, there's a difference between being silent and to keep silence. You see, if you don't know the difference for this, see, because to, 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 to be silent is something different. But when you keep silent, it's not that you don't see or hear. It is you need to see and hear. Is you got to see, God, what are you saying? So that when I get it, I can now speak to it. So what we see when he's talking about knowing the difference is this. Is that because you're in a position of influence around you, the power of your words, and I'm calling it, is to build up. The power of your word is to discern between the difference and how you do that is to humbly seek the Lord through prayer. So while you're looking at a time to be silent, it is not the, 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 the inaction. It is actually a greater action of humbling myself and being in prayer before the Lord. Now, while we are being distracted, the devil is moving around. Listen to me. While we are being distracted... The devil is not saying, oh, let me wait till they, I get their attention. Let, let, let me wait till they can see I'm the one doing all this stuff. He's actively moving. He's actively moving. And so while we have to be careful, ready for this, I talked to you about the, the, the open opportunity that it is the moment, but it's also the motive. And so there's only two motives. There's only two things that motivate you. There's only two. Only two. And you got to know the difference. There's only two. There's only two. I think we'll end here because you can only endure so much as you, as, as, as you can. So here's the two things that motivate you. And I want you to, to go before the Lord and ask him this. What is motivating you? Every time you speak in a conversation with your spouse, with your children, think bigger than just the current. Think bigger. Right? Think, think bigger. Um, what really motivates you to speak? And so there's only two places it comes from. Because in Genesis chapter number 3, we, we, we see the origin of it. In Genesis chapter 3, we see that the place where it comes from is either the fear of man or the fear of God. That's it. Th those are two places. If your child is talking to you and they're, and they're rebellious or your child's talking to you and, and they're appraising you or your child's talking to you and they're confused, whatever it is, you, what you want to find out before you speak is you want to say, I got to know the difference between the fear of man and the fear of God. Because if I don't know the difference, I may make a mistake with my mouth and lose the trust and the credibility they so desperately need. And at the same time, at the same time, I got five more minutes. At the same time, you don't want to also ignore the thing you have to speak to. We call that discipline. We call that discipline. That you can't let something go unchecked because you also fear their reaction. And so the two places where this comes from is the fear of man or the fear of God. And what we have to be careful of, and this is where the church, I believe, leads in the forefront is, is, is that, listen, that, that, is, that, is that there's people who are picking sides because of the motive of the fear of man. Well, not the fear of God. There's a fear of man. Now, I better say something because, really? That's not even sincere. That's not sincere. You're just 
Join it because you're like, well, I got, I got, I got something of greater value than this cause. You don't want someone to be part of a cause that has something greater they want to protect than the cause itself. It's called manipulation. And so what you want is you want somebody who recognizes, oh, I have the fear of God because this cause, oh, my goodness, this moves the heart of God. This is something that God is passionate about. This is something that God wants to see. And so, therefore, because God wants to see this thing, I'm going to put all my energy into it. Why? Because I want righteousness to prevail. That's a good word, Rowan. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And so here we see it. It's the fear of God or the fear of man. So it's the fear of man. You will invoke a kingdom of darkness within the kingdom of man. So in Genesis chapter 3, three kingdoms were revealed. Look, I'm closing my iPad so you can see I'm ready to leave. iPad's closed. So in Genesis chapter 3, and what do I teach at this church? Everything goes back to Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. I'm actually going to work on a message. I, I need you guys to help me with it. It's going to be called, Now I Know My ABCs. Genesis chapter 1, 2, 3. <laughs> because you're going to be able to say, yep, that guy kept talking about those three first chapters of Genesis. I'm telling you, it is the game changer. And when you believe it, come on. And God makes you a multimillionaire. You can buy my plane. Come on, somebody. And so I then can fly and get this message to everybody who needs the message. Because on the tailwind of my plane, we'll say he knows his ABCs. Come on. I'm prophesying that because I got. Oh, good. I got something to say. Good God Almighty. When the people that God has called me to pastor. When you start prophesying into your life, come on, and God starts blessing you, you're going to be able to say, we want land, not an idea. Because we're people of the covenant. People of the covenant. And, 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 so, and so it is three kingdoms were birthed. Which kingdom will you speak into? Let me end with that. You see, the kingdom language is foreign to us. Because it's rarely ever been taught to us. The kingdom language. Like I want to learn Spanish. But I like. It's foreign to me. If you want to learn a new language. You got to change your brain. You got to change your way. There's, there's a lot that goes within that. And so in the kingdom. The kingdom minister. The, the king, someone say the kingdom. The reason why I'm still preaching because they're not up here yet. That's kind of my cue. So, so now, 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 now they're really like, let's get this guy to wind down. You know what I'm saying? Like he's just, someone must have tapped him. Come on, Richard, go up there, man. You know what I mean? He ain't stopping about this kingdom stuff. Come on, let's get up here. Okay. So there's three kingdoms. Someone say three. There's three kingdoms. Genesis chapter three. No coincidence. Genesis chapter three. Three kingdoms were birthed in that conversation. Because they couldn't discern between the serpent and Satan. A serpent who was obviously created by God in the garden caused them to not see an open opportunity, but to see to be optimistic. Or to be opportunities. That they saw a way to leave the kingdom of God and become the kingdom of God's. They left the 
open opportunity to be in the image of God with power and something to say. To now become a kingdom of God's with nothing to say when God showed up. And the enemy says, my kingdom now is in the earth. And so we struggle between the kingdom of man and the kingdom of darkness. We don't know the difference. That's why Jesus came in Mark chapter number 3. Repent for the kingdom of God is here. The very thing you lost in the garden, good God Almighty, showed up. That's why you choose sides. You either be in the kingdom of darkness, ouch, or the kingdom of man and miss the kingdom of God and have nothing to say. Which kingdom do you belong to? Because peace is found in the kingdom of God. Joy is found in the kingdom of God. Laughter is found in the kingdom of God. You can't fight it in the kingdom of man. It can only last for so long before someone's ugly nature rises up and pushes you back into the kingdom of darkness. But when you stay in the kingdom of God, you stay holy. Come on. You stay healed. Come on. You stay saved. Come on. You stay saved. I wish I had a kingdom people. My God that wants to give God praise and glory. It's the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of God kingdom of God. It's kingdom of God. But what I want us to sing, guys, is that song, Open My Eyes. Open my eyes. Because we got to know the difference. I'm going to pray a prayer of release over your life. Thank you so much for staying and, and receiving this message. Because I'm here to tell you right now, you are the game changers. I am so serious about this. I am saying, God, you've given me a revelation of his word. And I'm like, God, I declare, keep me humble. He's given me a concept. He's given, he says, Ron, this is why I sent you here. I said, are you serious? He told me back in 2000, actually, when I got saved, I'm going to send you to this nation. And it's just now. Come on, somebody. It is just now that he's saying. This is why all the hell you went through, all the different things you had to break through, all those things to get here. That's why I sent you, because you got something to say. Because through every, every injustice, you didn't leave me. Through everything that happened, you stayed with me, Rome. And I said, God, Thank you for giving me a word. And that's what I'm telling you right now. People are going to be running, come on, to a place where they can recognize it's about the kingdom. People are leaving the kingdom of darkness and leaving the kingdom of man to come to the kingdom of God so they can rebuke the kingdom of darkness and speak healing to the kingdom of man. Good God Almighty. That's why what we have to say is so vital. And you believe? Speaking your heavenly language. That's also part of the kingdom. Come on. Hallelujah. So right now. Right now. I think i got a minute left. If you are kingdom people. And this message has spoken to you. Woo. 
Ooh, good God Almighty. And you recognize your covenantal blessing. This is not the time to be silent. This is not the time to be quiet. This is the time to declare that you belong to the kingdom of God. And I want you now to go ahead and to sing and to glorify God and to magnify God and to say, Lord, give me something to say because the crisis won't go away unless I say something to it. Good God Almighty. So God, I got to speak to it. 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 I got a kingdom message. It's about the righteousness of God. Go ahead, Richie. Let the song minister to you and then I'll launch you out. Oh, God, thank you, Jesus.